0: What? Uh, what time is it, Flora? It's eight o'clock
1: in the morning, Frank.
0: I, I swear to you, Flora.
1: This machine mocks me. It, it teases,
0: beckons, mocks me. Put in five, get back four. Put in six, get back five. But it, it's got to pay off sooner or later. It's just got to, I tell you. <laughs>
2: Uh,
1: Come on, we're going to go for a joyride.
2: just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange
1: highways enter death's waiting room if you dare And welcome to Strange Highways. Um, welcome back, guys. I hope you uh, made it through the holidays. Didn't pick up any hitchhikers, um, as we warned about last episode. I am Paul. And I'm Kevin. And we are joined by special guest this time, uh, Joe, my uh, my soulmate from another show that I do, uh, Invasion of the Podcast. Hello. And because we're talking about the fever, and this is we're talking about Vegas, and I know Joe, and for the years I've known him, he's always passionately talked about Vegas as if he has a fever for Vegas.
2: I do have a fever, Vegas. Yes. I don't know if it's the same as the fever that that
1: Franklin had, but it is a fever. Th- this is actually Joe's grandfather that's in this episode. We don't know, <laughs> yeah, you <know>, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, thank you for joining us to the show. Just I think would have it would be good to have a, a nice Vegas perspective. Oh no, uh, but thanks, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, our uh, second guest so far. So there we go. It's gonna be it'll be a fun time here.
1: Yeah, so we'll just get into this proper uh, air date uh, January 29th, nineteen sixty. Uh, number one song still running, Johnny Preston. Uh, number one mm. film, Ben Hur. That like mm. that seems to be an important film. Then, so I'm sure that's that. I think it's running its its course though. So that was that movie about the hydraulically boosted uh, chariots, right? Yes. Yeah, th- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, also a true story. Yeah. Um. So I couldn't find anything interesting about the 29th. However, on January 30th, and, and this is uh this is interesting to me. Uh, the American Football League uh, filled out its eight teams by voting on where to place the the eighth franchise, which the AF the American Football Team League became the AFL, which is now part of the afc in the nfl if that makes sense separate league they joined the eighth team they decided was going to be in oakland california which was the raiders that are now coming to vegas there's all that big talk of trying to drag them oh
2: yeah that's cool yeah Yeah, i i remembered like when we were we were there in vegas uh just a couple months ago and uh, I was questioning cuz I know they get the the stadium finished and um they're actually going to have a professional sports team there which is kind of crazy cuz I don't they've never had a professional sports team Well,
1: all the, the gambling, that makes it difficult is, to have gambling <laughs> and professional sports together.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. But um I just think it's it's kind of cool that that city's getting a professional sports team because of, you know, just of it's staple and as big of a city as it is.
1: Yeah, so there you go. Kevin, like I warned you before the show, that was a sports fact. I know you didn't really care, but I thought it was interesting that it happened to be the day after that the Oakland Raiders were placed in Oakland, and now they're about to come to Vegas. So I thought that was appropriate. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, they're going to be the. They're going to the lost... Sound like I was interested? I mean, uh. totally. You were. You're just. You were so odd by that. You're quiet. So they're I keeping thought, the, the the Raiders name though, right? I don't. I don't know.
2: Maybe oh, oh god, what would they even name a
1: team? From well, Vegas? I guess it's against the rules that you can't have a team there with anything that has a gambling title. So. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't call them the slots. That might be <laughs> yeah, yeah. <or> the hot <laughs> slots, the rollers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. All right. So anyway, that was that was my fun fact for uh, for around that time. Um, let's just get ahead, go ahead and do the cast and crew. Cool. Uh, this episode was directed by Robert Flory, who we also talked about
0: back on the episode for "Perchance to Dream," and uh, there are definitely some parallels between these episodes, and we'll talk about those as we get to them. Episode was written by Rod Serling. Uh fun fact about this he wrote this episode after taking a trip to Vegas to celebrate Twilight Zone being picked up Yeah I, read I don't that. know if you read about that yeah. at all
2: Yeah
1: I thought that was kind of and, a cool And his his wife had a lot of luck and then he got strapped to a slot machine and was having terrible time Yep It was inspired to write about the terrible time
0: yeah, I was, I was watching this episode. I'm like, did he have a gambling issue? I was like, no, just one time. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I can't, well, I kind of wondered that, too, because when I read that, I was like, I wonder how bad it was for him. Like, how far did he get down that rabbit hole of just dropping money into those machines?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, the interesting genesis. Yeah. And then, uh, again, we
0: have stock music from Jerry Goldsmith. More jazz stuff, which I, I can't remember what episode we ran into this already.
1: Yeah, I um, I almost want to say "Perchance to Dream" because of uh, the the weird like uh, carnival stuff going on and the the guy talking about going out with like you know seeing the girl. Like, it might also might be from that. I don't remember now because like they kind of run together a little bit. But I loved the music of this because even though it was stock, it felt very appropriate. Like it was really oh, yeah. well used. Um, yeah, so yeah.
0: that's that's all I got for cat or uh, crew. But for cast, we have Everett Sloan, who plays uh, Franklin Gibbs. So it's his only Twilight Zone episode. Uh, he was also in Citizen Kane and Lust for Life. Uh, I didn't recognize him for either. I think he just had <laughs> a little bit role, but uh, that's that's fairly notable. Two famous films. Yeah. Um, then we have Vivi Janice plays Flora Gibbs. Uh, he was. Uh, she was in uh, one other Twilight Zone episode and, like, tons of TV. And then I only wrote down two other people. I got William Kendis as Hanson, the PR man, and Lee Sands as the floor manager.
1: Yeah, I, I was trying to place. Because the, the guy who was the drunk that um that oh. Franklin ran into. The guy that got him yeah. down the yeah, path. He has a very peculiar voice. And I, I tried figuring out who this... Like, I, got, I had the name, but I couldn't find out much about him. I'll give credit to Mary. She's, like he used to do the George Burns radio show cuz she would listen to some of these older radio broadcasts so she picked this guy this one voice out of an episode she's like i think i know that and it was like that's such a random thing to pull from but he has a very odd voice well it's like it's weird when you
2: hear certain things like that cuz we had like a sound bit that we used for the other show with the um the the Kmart special thing and i was like it sounds like that guy from the muppets I know, yeah and <laughs> it's just you but you just hear something and you're just like I've heard that so many times where it's just something that resonated and then you, it, it it could be like just useless knowledge, but you you know it and you'd go back to it. I just just was surprised yeah.
1: by anybody with our generation that was able to pull out a like an audio actor from a George Burns radio program. Well, that's, that's impressive <laughs> in itself yeah. too, yeah. So anyway, credit to her. So yeah, like, there's not like a lot of people in this episode, but they're all in the background. And not yeah, much else yeah. yeah.
0: pretty much your two main characters are the Gibbs. Uh, that's really anyone that we're going to be talking about in detail tonight
1: yep so yeah uh, that's that's going to do it for cast and crew for for and also the slot machine the uh, yeah. was it the the top or whatever it was called you know that yeah. j- we well, just said jackpot on it yeah so that that was also a, a, a character but we'll get to that in a moment so yeah let's we'll just let uh, we will let rod take it away <laughs> what uh, oh nope that wasn't that wasn't rod that was mr uh Mr Gibbs Mr. and mrs. Franklin Gibbs three days and two nights all expenses paid at a Las Vegas hotel. One by virtue of Mrs. Gibbs's knack with a phrase. But unbeknownst to either Mr. or Mrs. Gibbs is the fact that there's a prize in their package neither expected nor bargained for. In just a moment, one of them will succumb to an illness worse
2: than any virus can produce. A most inoperative, deadly, life-shattering affliction known as the fever.
1: Hmm. It's pretty serious. I was, know, I, I yeah, don't know, I don't know if it was a prize because he described <laughs> that as a prize. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, the, like pretty much, let's just get into what the episode is. The, uh, the Flora wins uh, a trip, three days was it? Three days, two nights of Vegas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, unlimited credit. Which I, I didn't know what that meant. I was a little confused by that too. Yeah, I'm just guessing unlimited, like hotel privileges, not money, right? But, maybe like know. food and drinks. Maybe that was kind of the deal. Yeah, it could be.
2: You still because they were still dropping their money into the
1: machines you know yeah um but she was happy to be there he's not and so um yeah franklin is more of a uh teetotaling like overbearing fun sucker
2: he definitely yeah uh, from the rip like when they were talking to the um uh the prize committee or whoever it was that was this ushering them in uh like just his body language alone was kind of really setting the tone for like be like yeah this guy's really pissed to be here
0: yeah, making a great face too. Yeah. The whole time. His
2: his faces, I, I really liked uh like Everett Sloan's faces, even even after it'll we'll get into we'll get into this, but like once he starts to kinda get the fever, like he definitely has a very emotional face.
0: Yeah, he carries this episode on his back for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I think this is supposed to be at the Oasis Casino. I think that's like you see all the neon saying Oasis. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's just a stand-in for any casino in Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's a little montage, which I, I – there's a lot of the, – the, the montages of this still work for me. They're very modern. But you saw like um, the snapshot of Vegas at the start of what they had there. And even though Vegas has changed considerably over the years – It's still. It was still that like nighttime neon. Come in, have a good time. Mm -hmm. All your dreams come true, Mm -hmm. and that hasn't changed. So it's still. It's
2: it's it's, uh it's 2016 up definitely. But look, even looking at that from the '60s, you know, from that that shot from the '60s, it gave you that. It gave me that sense of just like that's a place I want to be. You know that look. There's a lot going on right there. It's trying to pull you in and draw you uh you know it looks like a vacation spot maybe not for everybody but still <laughs> not um, not for franklin not for franklin yeah. <laughs> but but still it you you got you got that vegas vibe from it and i really think that that city doesn't you know it's always had that kind of like uh weird neon allure
0: yeah and <laughs> this setting for me I've only been to Vegas once, and I think I was like 16 or something, so didn't really get to gamble or anything. But probably my most vivid memories of it are from Fremont Street in the whole old district of uh, Las Vegas. So anytime anything is set there, it just adds this extra level of just spectacle to it.
1: And that's what it feels like to me whenever, like, cause we were there recently. Um, like that's part of the reason why I thought this would be fun to talk about cause I was only there like two months ago for the first time. And there's the main strip, which is where the bulk of the, all the new stuff is. And then you still have Fremont street. And seeing it then and then going back and looking then when it was still not covered, it was still like a busy street, cars going by, and seeing like the gold nugget and Mm -hmm. um, uh, the cowboy, I forget what that's associated with, um, the large neon cowboy. Oh, yeah. All that was like, that to me feels like. That is the 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 dangerous Vegas, mm-hmm. you know. Like the this is where like watching every every movie that had the mafia that operated out there. That's Vegas, not not well, a, not a pyramid and not not the right, Eiffel Tower. Right. The
0: buffets were actually the dangerous thing over in that area. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> um, I feel like I feel like if
2: um, Times nobody Square. Nobody wins. <laughs> Times Square and Disneyland sometime somehow had a kid, and then it moved off to Nevada. That's what the Las Vegas Strip
1: becomes. <laughs> That's a good description. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. So like, b- basically, the 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 wife is happy to be there, and like, she just wants to have a good time. She wants to live a little. And I think that's really the big difference is that, like, she's like, oh, what's the harm? And he's just seeing everything around him as, like, these people are all idiots. They're just yeah. spending their money. And why are we here? But he was almost, like, patronizing her. It's like, well, you won this trip. We're here now. Like, now I actually,
0: I think he uses the term wild idiots. <laughs>
1: wild idiots. Yeah. Like, he, like what was it? He, he refers to gambling as a miserable, terrible waste of time. Yeah um so uh so yeah like she wants to go put a nickel in a slot because she sees someone else win a big a big jackpot which they bring out a basket full of money to them uh which i would like to have that happen once in my life that'd be nice the wicker
2: basket full of money kind of made me laugh like how like somebody just brings it over like you ordered some mozzarella sticks like like nowadays you you know like you win big you get that ticket or you get all the money there and it, just, it would just crack me up if a wicker basket came over full of, like, money folding out of it and coins in the middle of it, like a presentation.
0: Yeah. Um, I loved uh, Flora's performance when she puts the nickel in that first time and she loses. And you can see, like, this slight exhilaration in her
1: face. Like, the one time but, she got to have fun.
0: Yeah. And yeah. then it immediately was shot down by her husband.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so... What was it? That's when he they're walking away and he's like, We're done for the night. I gotta go, I gotta go shave my face for dinner or whatever he said. Um, and then he gets stopped by the, the the drunk guy that's just like put it put somebody in this machine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. And he just wanders away, which that's the guy that I feel like you're still gonna see there all the time. That guy still exists there. Right. And um, so that so of all the random things that can happen in a Twilight Zone episode, that's the thing I believe the most that some drunk guys go be like, Hey, could you watch this for a second? Just play it, I'll be back in a second. Yeah. He, uh, well, he
0: forcibly uh, <laughs> makes him play the slot machine. It was like an
1: unmugging, like it's just like he, he got accosted yeah, and, and here, forced take it. this
0: money. Yeah, take it. he was
2: pretty much physically forced to do it. It was kind of funny. And then, like after he's left there, it's like I don't know. I feel like he, he, it just is a range of like emotion and confusion is just like first he's like I don't know what to do, what happened to me, and then it's it's like well should I pull this lever? And you're just kind of like. I don't know it's just like if you left like a kid to, at something that should they shouldn't be unattended left to be like okay well mom just left the house and both the stoves are running so <laughs> like,
0: what do I, but then this... you have flora looking through approvingly just yeah. smiling yeah. at him as he pulls the lever it's like,
1: have some fun right? right what's the what's the harm of that and I and for him it's like it's it's almost like it's it's the big sin right and like and as long as you don't commit that first one you'll be good and he commits to it and then he wins and the look on his face is like whenever we go to fear our cat at nighttime he's just like he can't believe it yeah you know so um yeah and he grabs all the money and then that's when it all starts yep. you know like and that's like in the first three minutes of the episode
2: yeah it it starts off like it sets that stage really quick i thought like you know they get there you kind of get the gist of why they're there with her winning the trip and then you know being him being introduced to the slot machine
0: <laughs> uh so he ends up winning with the slot machine after that and uh goes back to the room with the money and <laughs> th- this is probably my favorite part is when you get introduced to the voice of the slot machine
1: while he's sleeping oh, you, you or this? attempting to sleep
0: Blacklist.
1: like that that's like that 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 phrase is used over and over again in the episode to great effect but every single time there's jazz underneath it so i couldn't get a good it's rip as, of that yeah because p- i would love that as a text message like sound now that'd be amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah it's
2: very chilling sound it's yeah. it's a good it's a good like i guess a take on a robotic voice uh like if that's what they were trying to go for
1: yeah but kevin you yeah. mention that the voice right and the coins
0: yes <laughs> Uh, no, I just, I already lost all the pins I dumped <laughs> to, ma-
1: to make your Franklin noise. But yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Uh, no, I like it. Like you said, it's kind of robotic, but it sounds mechanical. So it, it, it kind of sounds like, I guess if I would imagine what a evil slot machine would sound like, I, <laughs> that's, that's probably it. Like they did a fantastic job with that. It's definitely one of my favorite parts of this episode.
1: So um, um, it,
0: it's kind of a goofy premise to begin with. But oh, yeah. every time that voice comes on, I'm like, that's actually kind of terrifying. Yeah, it, it is.
1: And it reminds, me of, um, it reminds me of the Daleks from Doctor Who. Yes. And yeah. Because they, they say the words exterminate in a very mechanical yeah. voice. And I did some research. This episode was out three years before the very first Doctor Who that had uh, Daleks in it. Hmm. So like, I feel like they ripped off the Twilight Zone. It's a with, good uh,
2: possibility because yeah. I never really yeah. put one and one together until you said that it and has I'm the like,
1: flashing light and it's very menacing yes, and yeah. very
2: very much like a dalek yeah oh, that's interesting so
1: very, so I, so kevin i didn't know if you knew you your who so i was just like i'm glad joe's here to get my back on vegas okay. and dr yeah
2: so anyway
0: <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of hard not to know about it anymore so
2: <laughs> it does get all over the place but it's no the, the the coins increasing was was definitely a good play on uh his psyche which which kind of like really starts to unfold and you see more stuff later.
1: I, I was cracking up just seeing the coins on the on the the, the desk. Mm-hmm. You hear the you know you hear you hear that. And then it goes back and then the coins are stacked and then they're stacked higher. And it's just like very much like, come on, it's okay. Come on. And it was yeah. like it was really funny to me. I I, I couldn't help it. I was I enjoyed it. And his excuse for going back downstairs was I gotta just put this money the money back in the machine. Yeah, he can't he can't have it. He can't keep it, so can't have it
0: stinking up their
1: pockets. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that's where like I felt like this is why I wanted to bring Joe in. I know you're always itching to get back out on the floor, so did you ever have those moments where you sit in your room being like, you know what? I could probably go do some gambling right now. No,
2: I always (laughs) did it as like a You didn't have you didn't have chips start stacking up (laughs) on Okay. I always like even when I was up like I, I would never be like let's go get some more. Or I could win it back. It was kind of a pastime thing, like just like sitting down and and reading or something like that. Like while I'm in Vegas, like because you know my girlfriend would go do something and I'm like, well I'm not going to the spa, so I'm gonna go gamble for three hours. Or I could like just walk around, but sitting at a table and gambling is more interactive. So and at the same time, I have a chance to win money. But if I do <laughs> lose or win money, I'm not like. Like I have to, I have to go write a check at the cashier's <laughs> to go get it back. You know, like Franklin was doing. Like he, he clearly was not having a great run of luck as after he went down there, and you know he went back like what two, three times, three times, three times, and wrote a check to the cashier to, to get more money out. Um, I would have been curious if they would have explained like what he kind of like wasted away, in terms of like how to get it back. Um, just to give like maybe some perspective or. You know maybe the viewer could kind of formulate their own like like amount that he was going you know like you know is 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 ten thousand dollars too much to just blow you know in Vegas on a a slot machine in nineteen sixties or is only a thousand yes. you know so Yes, it's too much. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I know. I know it is too much, but I'm just saying, like, like it's I wonder. too much now. It is. Yeah. Too, it's too much now, absolutely. But, no, I just, I thought it would have been interesting just to kind of give you the, the viewer that shock, like, oh, my God, he did what? You know. So
1: I feel like this is going to go right into, uh, Kevin, I feel like you want to talk about Perchance to Dream and the whole bit in the middle here where they're very similar to each other.
0: Yeah, um, you know, we talk about a lot of the Dutch angles and everything and uh, just intermixing shots of the slot machine screen and everything um, and even when the slot machine has come back to haunt him later on it felt really similar to the funhouse scene in perchance a dream yeah and which is the same director so I was it was funny I didn't realize it was the same director until after I watched it Because I'm sitting there I'm like and even with the very ending which we're not there yet so I won't get to it but it's basically the same ending as perchance a dream. And I was, I'm sitting there and
1: my girlfriend's like, is this how every episode ends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They had stock in a window factory. You didn't know that was one of their sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, like I, you're right. Like I loved, I loved the montages. Like I said, they felt very modern. Uh, at first it was kind of fun with the jaunty jazz music. And then he kept going back to the, getting like more checks and, and cashing them for money. And then just his poor wife, like if he was awake for 24 hours, like at the, the end when they said so. How long was she there waiting for him? Like, she was just, like, standing by a machine for hours waiting for him to be done, right? Yeah. Like, because you never you never figured out, like, I think she never left his side, but she figured out that he was down there just gambling away their money now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she was with the voice of reason, which is, like, if there's a twist to this episode, it's just that they flip places where she wanted to have a little bit of fun, and she wanted him to live a little, and then suddenly, like, he went just bonkers, and she's like, we got to stop. Well...
2: Even when, even not when gambling's involved, I think that's a classic trope in a lot of stories where the roles get flipped, where the the person who originally was all about something then becomes the voice of reason because the other person just kind of gets taken over by it.
0: Yeah, this is definitely an exaggerated story of gambling and addiction, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you feel like um, this was almost like? like a fear of the future type of thing, like meaning that like you could go to a place and there's these machines you can just drop money in and, and your life could be gone in a matter of a night. There is a place like that. Well, it's called in Vegas. I know, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, just, I'm just saying like from 1960. I mean like there's like, cause we, uh, we talked a little bit like in like walking distance and there's some of these episodes where Serling has a perspective of like, Hey, you know, maybe it's not the best to rush. Maybe it's not the best to try to get everything you want all at once. Maybe it's best to, you know, enjoy life as it comes. I feel like that's something that comes back with a lot of what he says. Do you mean in the fever? Or in- well, I mean in the fever, but then in the the episode the "Walking Distance," which we covered earlier, it was a guy mm-hmm. wanting to go back home again, and like, and he literally did, you know. And it's just all about like the rush of life, and sometimes like you know, always pushing towards the future, being so fast, like you sometimes forget to enjoy the in between. So maybe this is also the moderation is for best. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, maybe I'm overthinking I, it.
2: I don't know. No, you're not overthinking it, but I think that's a, that's an interesting point of view because I feel like we've, I mean, not officially come to that, but a lot of stuff is different. You know that 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 does that does speak to that.
0: Yeah, and it, it's something he wrote all these episodes pretty quickly within uh, the year that these came out, and it, it's definitely something that was in his mind. So it probably just came through his writing, whether or not he knew it or not when he was doing it.
1: Yeah. So let's we'll go ahead and we we'll get to the get to the end here. Um, so he is spending all his money. He believes this machine's out to get him. Which I mean, anytime anything keeps your money, you're just yeah, angry at gets, it, right? He gets down to his last
2: dollar. <laughs> he goes to put it in. He puts it in, and <laughs> the, it jams, and uh, and then they just kind of drag him off because he starts to get kind of like
1: well, he sh- he knocks it over. He, he knocks, knocks it over, the yeah. yeah.
2: Which which was another thing, like seeing that in in a casino. Compared to like now, like, I mean, if you get up and start punching a machine in Vegas, I mean, you're going to get thrown out of the casino, probably. They're yeah. pretty strict and tight on security. And like yeah. the, the studio setup seemed really loose. You know, you had like all these slot machines lined up, but they weren't really secure. So we knocked it over. Um, like the room, it was very closed off. It was kind of weird to see like doors going into a, a casino floor. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, it was just, it was, maybe it was just it's the, just sound six, stage. the yeah. 60s, yeah. I know it was a sound stage, but yeah. it's just a, it's just a different perspective, like, from, you know, 56 years ago. Or, yeah.
1: So. Uh, but yeah, he knocks that machine over, which it's just like, I, I know I get angry sometimes when vending machines don't give me what I want, so I can relate to just like, just like, <laughs> the, you know, I gave you my dollar, I want my dollar right. back, you know, which, you know. Give me so, my chips or <laughs> give me my dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then, you know, that's when he goes back to his room again and you have, which even though I feel like the episode, it doesn't go off the rails, but it, well, I mean, it kind of does, but in the funnest way possible, I love the ending cause it's so, it's so ridiculous. Um, where, Yeah, this was know. the, I couldn't remember if I had
0: seen this, uh, before watching it, but as soon as we got to this, I guess we'll call it the final act of the episode. Um, it all came back to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> um, it, it kind of a... Uh, I, I guess they did this in Requiem for a Dream a little bit with the, the refrigerator. refrigerator. That's a good
1: call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like he hears the, he hears his name being called again over and over again. That's when it gets like... It was creepy before, but when it starts repeating, that's when you it hear gets really... More in, in succession, yeah. yeah. And he looks out the door and sees that the slot machine has somehow come upstairs and it's coming for him. And, yeah. it has, <laughs> and where the money was coming out, is now a plastic cover with almost like a smiley face on it.
2: Yeah, it took me a minute to recognize the smiley face because yeah. I was like, I didn't notice it at first, and then I was like, it's got something, something's different. And I was like, oh, it's got like a, a
1: light on it, and then I was like, it's smiling. I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's just happy to see Franklin. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and, and as he realizes that, like, his wife can't see it, uh, that but it's somehow still following him into the room, and then he decides the best thing to do is just to follow his death because that's what you do to get out of these nightmares. Well, scenarios. it was
2: like moving towards him into the room, yeah. and then he did Yeah, he just kind of backed up. One of the classic back up into a window that is probably as strong as tinfoil. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yeah, which is exactly how Perchance to Dream ended, where the guy, like, he gets up and jumps out a window right. because he's tormented by a, a nightmare where he believes that if he falls asleep again, he's going to die, so he ends up jumping out a window. And then at the end, though, like the, I loved how the slot machine had to be a dick at the very end, and, and and look at his dead body and then then, wheel, then let the, the silver dollar roll over to him and be Game like, oh, you got your dollar back. You got your dollar back. <laughs> your dollar back. Yeah. yeah. What
0: about how uh, the, the police are down there, the management from the, the casino is down there, there's a bunch of guests around his body, and uh, the cops are like, oh, a stretcher will be here soon, everyone, nothing to see here, and everyone just leaves his dead body sitting there with <laughs> yeah. no one around it. Like, <laughs>
1: no, nobody ever leaves a scene like that. Just like, yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. It's just yeah. like they, like they look over and they see the machine in the distance. They're like, you know, we're going to let that thing. We're going to see how this plays out. Well, let, I've it, let it come over.
2: I've always said that like like the, the way that Vegas is portrayed in the media is always funny because I remember when we went and uh, I was like, oh, wait till you go to the fountains at, the, at Bellagio and just see how empty it is for Ocean's Eleven to stand out there and just watch them by themselves. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's never empty. <laughs> like, no
1: um yeah there's always there's always people so i'm sure if there's a dead body there'd be more people yeah there's
2: there's usually hundreds of people
1: out there watching it for
2: free but yeah like i um i would have liked if there was i i don't know i feel like if there was more of a uh, a, a tangible twist with the slot machine rather being in his head i would have i would have thought it was a little bit cooler
1: yeah i mean but they kind of hinted at that like uh because whenever they put the out of order thing on there, like it was kind of like it's, it is ambiguous as to whether or not this thing actively was pursuing him. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end where it shows the dollar rollover and the only people that know this is the viewer, I think this thing actually was out to get him.
2: Well, yeah, I, I, get, I get that where it's like, it's like, it's a joke, not a joke, but if it's, it's like an, it's part of the story that only the viewer is keened into. Um, but like, I would have like, I think it would have been a little bit more of a twilight zone twist or, or some type of like a, like a, like more of a, unknown diabolicalness of, 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 of uh, like a, a slot machine if it affected someone other than Franklin and that specific machine or or maybe like the machine would somehow later go after maybe like uh, what, what was her name Flora mm-hmm. maybe yeah. Flora was at home and somehow I'm not saying that the, the, like the dead of winter like, like you hear it, a knock at the door it and came, it's just the one arm hitting the door right well <laughs> it, it comes back to find her but somehow it gets tied back into her or something maybe you know maybe some mysterious person mails her that dollar you know, and there's no explanation as to why she got a dollar. It's like, where did, why well, would that be? We need to do the sequel here.
1: <laughs> I, I like the idea this thing just goes trekking cross country just to hunt her yeah. down. I love it. can just see it going down the freeway. He just he just <laughs> le- wheeling along, you know? Or like, even, even if,
2: because like, it's called The Fever, maybe like it passes kind of like uh, what's what, what, that one movie? Um, it follows? Yeah. Like yeah. now that Franklin's dead, like somebody else has to take up that that fever and and maybe it's at another casino and they start going crazy at the uh, the baccarat table
1: <laughs> that would have been interesting if she would have sacrificed herself to be like no, no no i'm gonna play this last one and then he starts to regain his sanity and then she's off and then the she races. starts yeah. to
2: yeah that would have been really cool is like it's that specific one and yeah. then the only way to uh combat it is to be a drunken idiot yeah <laughs> or or maybe that guy
1: knew and knew passed it on. And he passed Yeah, he it passed on. it on i think yeah. you're on to something yeah, yeah. So yeah, this was um, like, I, I, um, it was pretty straightforward episode. It was a, like, be careful what you wish for type of thing. I feel like very, like, you know, like, um, if you're this, if you're this afraid of something, maybe, maybe there's some truth to it. I don't know. Um, yeah. but it felt like a morality type of play. Mm-hmm. And, and then Twilight Zone was really good at that. And it's just like, there was, I don't really think that there was much else to this other than, um, uh, the, the actor, um, uh, Everett Sloan, like as exaggerated as he was, he is he is the MVP of the episode. He went from being very restrained to when he was turning around yelling at her, saying that, you know, you're ruining my luck. And he's just sweating. Like I thought that was really powerful. Like Yeah, but, I love how
0: he's out of breath playing the slot machine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I think I think in a modern sense too. I mean, like, even even uh not gambling, but like uh, you know, if you, you take like any other like weird addiction or weird thing, like people that have a weird, overly strong stance against something and then they either secretly love it or embrace it or if they are exposed enough to it they just become obsessed with it like drinking or something like that like they don't like somebody who is is very straight edge and they they they're very against people drinking but then the moment that they have like a couple of drinks it's like downhill and yeah, i wouldn't if, know
1: anything about that no one no one we're talking to on the show has has that tendency to want to drink a well lot. no no no. i'm not saying that like maybe not not saying that they know they're an alcoholic oh. but maybe that's like
2: their inner alcoholic trying to yeah. you know and like maybe this, this was franklin basically trying to put a front out maybe he hasn't gambled before but he knew he would probably lose control so that's why he was always the way he was in the beginning of the episode is
0: this an intervention
2: for me
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah kevin you, you have a problem with slot machines you didn't know that on air stuff, intervention do. yeah on I air intervention. Uh, <laughs> um uh, yeah so uh i guess we'll uh there's some interesting things i found out and unless you have anything else you want to add about the episode i just have some stuff surrounding it in terms of like vegas and slot machines that i found out um, was, i i will weigh in
0: you said uh so you guys kind of believe that the slot machine was actually there
1: well i mean I, because of the coin well then I, it's staring at the body at the end and it actually kicks the dollar over at the end. I think that the slot machine I, I don't think it was actually there. Yeah, like, I, I don't think it
0: would it was actually there because his wife didn't see it and the whole coins thing right. uh stacking up in the room. That's fair. It, uh, I, I just believe it was kind of visual a visual
2: cue
1: and now was, would, would
0: yeah. another rewriting this episode what how great would have been if somebody walked by
1: and picked up the coin <laughs>
2: yes and then that would have been there they would have gotten yeah that would have been another yeah. pull into the to get back because
1: i know like as kevin and i watch these these episodes it's it's always a matter of, we always want to play what if and we always want to add things and then kevin always has to remind me paul it's 22 minutes an episode yeah you can't go making this into like a 45 minute thing and it's like yeah so what like but i feel like those little touches i think would have given just a a little bit no but i mean it's um I, it's it's still a fine episode this isn't this isn't like um this isn't i shot an arrow into the air like you know or no. or mr denton on doomsday this isn't those you know so i,
0: I had a yeah. really great time watching it like you know 25 minutes and it's it's goofy it's uh Strong performances. And again, Rod Serling with his really tight screenplay or uh, teleplays. It's just, you know, simple characters that are relatable that you can feel sympathy for.
1: Um, I, I think it was a fairly solid episode. Yeah, the directing, like this, this also shows you if anybody ever says, like, what does a director bring to a TV show? This is like another one of those where it's like you go from, and I, I don't want to keep beating a shot and arrow into the air, but that was so straightforward that it just told the story and was done. This, it's like, you know. you add flair by with your Dutch angles and your montages and your camera placement, you know, and it's like, and there was some nice, nice tracking shots there. Like those, the, the, you already have the equipment thinking it through. doesn't cost extra money to add value to that. And I think it was a much stronger outing because of it. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, but yeah, I, I liked it, but I just wanted to kind of give some context here in terms of what we just saw. Like, uh, Joe Mitch Oceans 11, you're talking about the remake, but not, not the original. Right. Um, yeah. so the rat pack, um, they first performed in Vegas in 60 oceans 11 opens, uh, August 10th, 1963. So it's like that was around that time. Um, the first electronic slot machine was created in 63. So, like hearing this thing with this weird voice being more like coin based, mm-hmm. and having the flashing lights and all that, it was a little bit ahead of like its time. And not in term, not 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 them saying the slot machines track down people and kill them today. Maybe, maybe <laughs> they do. I don't know. Um, but the whole idea of a mechanical slot machine was still there because the electronic ones had not been made yet. And the reason why there's a basket of money is because the payouts um, when they would have a big one, the machine couldn't hold it. So they had to bring out the basket full of money and, and, and mozzarella sticks. Right. Yeah. No, no, no,
2: I, I kind of gathered that. It's just the visual was kind of like...
1: Yeah. Yeah. But they said that basically uh, with a three-reel machine, which is what this was, there was only 1,000 possible combinations that you can come up with. So... Like they said, even the least likelihood, uh, which is the one thing he wanted. What, Mister? Uh, um, oh, the last name. Excuse me, now, Mister Gibbs. What he wanted, the even the best possible outcome was a point 0.1% chance, which is still too high. That for even for today's like slot machines. Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah.
1: um, anyway, there's your slot machine information. I, I was fascinated with this. I like the mechanical machines and how they all worked. I thought that was interesting.
2: Yeah, there's no more uh, machines where you really pull a lever. There's some, but they're still electronic. They have them, but
0: you don't even need to use them. No. Right. Is that correct? Like, They have the button, but some of them still have it. Just well, yeah, because
1: I was telling Joe, I was like, if I'm going to go to Vegas, I want to play a slot machine and actually move the arm. And he's like, well, they don't really do that anymore. I'm like, I'm going to find a goddamn arm. It's going to be There's a few
2: out there, but like a majority <laughs> yeah. of them are just the buttons on the front. And I remember one time I saw in one of the hotels, they had a tournament, and it literally was just a bunch of people like... Uh, like mashing buttons it had nothing to do with any type of skill so it the was tournament
1: was like winning slot machine winning <laughs> yeah
2: and and you basically sat at a machine and it was all pure luck there was no skill to it like wasn't like how many hits you can do it was just and all these people were doing it was like they were just tapping two buttons as fast as they could like a Nintendo like game like they were playing like Street Fighter yeah it slot was machine. like oh yeah you were trying to avoid tapping out in a wrestling game or something be like, oh, jam
1: the button jam the button
2: be like well you, who can lose $10,000 the fastest right. right go it's exactly what it was, like I stood there. Our winner,
1: Franklin Gibbs.
2: And they had this whole area sectioned off, and I'm watching these people. I'm like, you guys are just hitting buttons really fast. They weren't even paying attention (laughs) to what they... They hit or they won. It was just like, I don't know. It was really it was really bizarre. Well, and I will say before... It's an we,
1: art form. <laughs> it definitely is. I will say before we get to our twist uh, rating here that like recently going to Vegas myself, and I know I've, I've talked about this at, like with a few people, it's like there definitely is a weird... Not weird vibe. There's a different vibe out there. But I've never actively felt something wanting to take money out of my physical being every step of the way there. And I know Joel will disagree with me to, to a degree, but I just feel like if... If you're not handing things, handing things or people money, no one cares about anything that you're doing there, mm. <laughs> and I've never felt that pull like anywhere else. Like I'm, I'm almost surprised that the carpet wasn't just like, oh, oh, you got a hole in your pocket, I'll take that. Like it's what it felt like walking around, and <laughs> and so I can I can relate to Mr. Gibbs like initial just like no, we're not going to spend any money here because it's just mm-hmm. terrifying. So yeah, I, it was maybe it's more by perception, but there is it's just something, and then and then seeing the people like Joe said, they're just sitting at the machine, and they just don't the look on their face doesn't change. It's like three in the morning, you're walking by these people playing. What are they doing? Right. You know, and it's like that's I don't see the fun in that. Yeah. You know, so. yeah, I
2: don't I don't get some of that either. It's because you know certain late night too. It's. You know when i go gamble i usually i won't sit alone and play because i mean that's that's really boring i don't i don't play slots but i'll sit at a table with a bunch of people and actually conversate you know and when people leave i leave i don't i don't hang out by myself and just gamble
1: yeah because you never know when a slot machines to fly you back to your room right right yeah all right so serious business serious business so let's uh let's let's get to the twist (laughs) I'm giving this a one because it really wasn't a twist other than like the characters kind of switching their stances at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't like it because, I mean, I don't know what else other than I loved the machine following him back to his room. I don't really consider that a twist. I just consider that. A, yeah, because I agree with you. One, I, I like I, I don't think it was a terrible
2: episode, but like the whole time I was waiting for something like more to kind of happen in a sense of like, like this, this slot machine is truly possessed or magical or evil. Like in a sense where you you get some type of actual uh, confirmation from another character in the in the show, so that it's like it's not just in this guy's head.
0: Yeah, um, I'm gonna give it a two, just because you guys both gave it a one. You're you're always so, you're <laughs> always
1: really kind to this. Yeah, you're always more kind. Can to I the change twist. mine to a five? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you give it? No, I,
0: I really did enjoy this episode. Um, like you said, I I love the idea that the twist is kind of the characters switching places. Um, really enjoyed the slot machine come back to the room. It's campy. that's the kind of stuff I dwell in so I, I really enjoyed that and it kind of hit at a good time because this weekend well next weekend coming up here we are going to the casino so I'm gonna have oh. this episode in mind the entire time I'm there. All so right. hopefully a slot machine doesn't start talking to me.
1: <laughs> like not like that you're just gonna hear. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so that yeah, this is a good kind of like. Oh yeah, I'm ready for the casino now. Like I'll I'll just make sure make sure you drink water because it seemed like that was his downfall. Is that he wasn't hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you it's know what's really crazy? Exciting. I think last time we talked about
0: Perchance a Dream. And with the roller coaster sequence, I was going to Cedar Point <laughs> that weekend. So oh. I, I don't know what it is with this director and you're, his episodes. You're like, being that's followed around
1: by the Twilight Zone. Check that out. That's creepy. Yeah. 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 So don't fall asleep while playing a slot machine. There's really like that's oh, like God. that's the two things you can get from <laughs> that. Um yeah, no, this was a fun one. I I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, it, it, it you know some of these are just going to be it is what it is. Um, no big uh, like revelations, but I I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was nice. Uh, it was nice to get more. This is the type of Twilight Zone stuff that I really love. Like the Hitchhiker was good. It was solid all throughout. But this is where it's like you're you're going to show me a machine stalking somebody. I am down 100%. One, like with that type of concept that's much more fun for me um, but yeah I liked it so if you guys haven't seen yeah. it we didn't want to ruin it but there is a, a, a moving slot machine Dalek or Dalek yeah, yeah. I think it's <laughs> early working as a Westworld yeah it's early it's, yeah this is the prequel to Westworld this where the slot Yul- machine attacks someone Brenner's uh,
2: um grandfather that's <laughs> um uh, yeah
0: definitely a fun episode and i think next week's episode that we're going to be covering is a trip back into a little bit harder sci-fi so this was kind of fun especially uh because the hitchhiker isn't necessarily that much fun it's kind of a depressing episode and uh the one before it is definitely not that much fun so
1: Yeah, yeah, the next episode. It was kind of a nice break. (laughs) You're right. Uh, This next one is The Last Flight. I have not seen it. It does feel like it's getting more back into, like, uh, I know he likes doing, uh, like, World War II or whatever, like, you know, like, people end up at weird times. Actually, I think this one, that guides up the future. But either way, um, it's fun to always have that kind of military backed episode because it was so recent to when it aired because we, we were talking about that before it was it was creepy not creepy but it's weird to think that the show aired like 15 16 years after like the major conflict of like world war Two, and then to see people actually doing it on tv it's, it's yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I,
0: I think the next episode uh, deals with world war one if okay. i if i'm not mistaken so
1: yeah so yeah the last flight watch that and then and listen to our show and kevin how can people get a hold of us
0: um, you can email us, leave us voicemails at radio. Oh man, almost did my other podcast <laughs> on uh, Strange Highways Podcast at gmail.com. Um, find us on Facebook at Strange Highways. Um, and then also, we're available on iTunes and Stitcher. And I'm going to try and get us going on this Google Music thing. I guess there's a new app. i um, going to be looking into that for the next week. Um, and if you would be as kind to leave us a review on iTunes, it definitely helps us out
1: yeah that'd be great um but yeah joe thank you for coming and talking a little bit of vegas i know we yeah hit, thanks, n- get to the nitty-gritty of vegas but i mean oh no you that's know. cool man no i had a
2: good time uh, i was fun to talk about this
1: yeah so uh but yeah uh so i guess uh till till next week um like if you're going to gamble gamble responsibly but if, if you do leave your last dollar like uh just don't go shaking the machine i think that i think he would have been fine but he picked a fight with it i think that's why i came back to finish the job <laughs> Right. So, I'll and try. And, I'll i try not that, to do that this weekend. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think that's how a lot of those uh, robots versus humans, like The Matrix and Terminator, start out. Someone knocks over one machine. Shakes a machine, and it's like, "Whoa! I can't <laughs> shake that." And then war.
0: <laughs> brave little, uh, brave little toaster, definitely. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so yeah if, if we don't hear from kevin next week it's because he got attacked by an object in the casino so <laughs> we we will remember you so uh <laughs> until next week uh, uh take care and then um and i don't know enjoy your vices but not so much yeah see you guys <laughs> see ya.